how dare you take a, a creature whom Christ has died for and raised from their their spiritual deathbed and has given them new life in Christ, and then you uh, you want to be their Lord? Are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, how dare you? You want to be their master? You're irresponsibly handling scripture. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no question there. Welcome back to another episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast. My name is Zach Taylor. I'm here today with Pastor Brad Bailey and Jeremy Boggs. How are y'all doing? Great. Doing fantastic. Awesome. Jeremy's got him a little bit of wine here, so he's feeling yeah, pretty to, good. I'm trying to back away from the mic. So I don't not know. True. We've been, we've been talking about that liberty, and now he's got wine on the table. It's so. cheer wine. It's cheer wine. That room. Cheer trying wine. to back away from the mic real quick <laughs> so you don't hear me gulping over here with my wine. So. Yeah, How are you guys yeah. doing? Doing well? Yeah. Terrific. Awesome. Terrific. I don't know what I like better, cheer wine or root beer. Mm, They're both pretty good. Cheer wine's got to be number one. I like cheer wine, Listen, when I was a kid, we used to make special, because it wasn't here in Florida yet, so we made special trips to North Carolina, and even Georgia was still in Georgia, too. Yeah, from the Carolinas, they have it everywhere. Yeah, to to make sure we got some cheer wine, so... I actually, I think besides at barbecues, I don't think I've ever had, like, bottled cheer wine. Yeah. Public's starting to... I've had it I've I've had at barbecues, they have it on tap there. Yep. So. But guess what they don't have up north? Barbecues. Yep. We got barbecues here. <laughs> That's right. I think they have one in Louisiana, one or two in Louisiana. We got them all over Florida. They're, they're just growing. Mm. They're even really in well. Chiefland. Ain't Chiefland. nothing else in Chiefland but a barbecues uh, yeah, nothing and maybe a car dealership. We should do a road trip and get them all one week. Yeah, it'd be That's great. Awesome. Well, we are in Galatians chapter number five. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and read the two verses that we're going to be talking about. And then after that, we'll do a little bit of a review. But if you would uh, look down in your Bibles at Galatians five verses 11 and 12. Pastor, would you like to read those verses yeah, sure. for us? Verse number 11. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off, which trouble you. It's pretty harsh. It's two statement. verses, but it's really harsh mm. what Paul is saying here. I mean, he gets it. He gets right down into their face on this one. So this thing so far, I mean, it's uh, obviously Paul. I mean, this is this is uh, the book of Galatians is not one of those orphaned epistles that we don't know who wrote it. We know it's Paul. Style is Paul. Words are Paul. Uh, the doctrinal emphasis is Paul. There's no question about that. And um, there had apparently been some sort of a, a debate about if Paul had been circumcised, which he had being a young Jewish man. So there was a debate about his experience with it. And there were those who apparently were claiming that even he was of the circumcision, that even he was in agreement that circumcision is still a necessary holdover from the Old Testament. So that's why in verse number 11, that's why he hits it right head on. He says, I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. So he's coming in strong with uh, an argument that if you think that I'm preaching this stuff. How do you explain the persecution I've been going through? Which tells us that there's no tolerance in that Old Testament economy. There was no tolerance for those who were contraries because Paul is experiencing persecution based on his stand against the requisite or the requirement of circumcision. Mm. Yeah, which is, it's pretty funny because, I mean, earlier in the book, didn't he talk about bringing Titus with him who wasn't circumcised? Right. So for people to think that he's a part of the circumcision when yeah. he's... Uh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, you know. And he's such a cross preacher, you know. I mean, that's that's his theme. 
And that's why he says at the end of verse number 11, he says, if that were true, then the offense of the cross has ceased. Yeah. You know, so here's what he says. I'm not interested in using your man-centered external offenses like circumcision. He said the offense of the cross is enough to bring people to Christ. Mm -hmm. And so he lifts up the cross again. He really is exalting the cross, the work of the cross. And, uh, you know, if you reverse engineer that that verse, um, basically what he's saying is I'm willing to be persecuted for the cross. I mean, what does that tell us? You know, we, all three of us here, we've, I would call it persecution, but I mean, we've gotten a couple of tongue lashings uh, because of uh, our stand for liberty. Back up in chapter five, verse one, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And uh, I've gotten more stubborn about that since I've discovered the book of Galatians and really dissected it, uh, you know, just taking a stand and saying, hey, man, that's none of your business. Yeah, I think. I think it also helps you with your just your relationship with Christ. Sure. The thing for me, and I know we keep talking about this, but and we've talked about it before, but standards to me feel like I'm back in chains or I'm back in bondage. Right. To some extent. And once you and you know what it makes you it, to me that's what makes a dead church because now here's what's at, it's like a, it's like when you buy a bag of chips you buy this bag of chips and you're expecting it to be a full bag of chips but when you open it up yeah, it's, it's like, more air it's than like there one is third chips. full yeah yeah there's more air than there is chips and that's what standards do to a church yeah they take away that that fullness of the spirit away and they 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 push it down and now you're just full of air I'll give yeah. you a perfect example of uh, what standards do and I'm I'm talking about an over living emphasis. an over emphasis of standards yeah. right i yeah, uh, we're okay I, with I, standards, standards, I will i right. agree with, okay standards, with standards so i don't want to go with that the ultra but right over emphasis separatistic stuff right so i remember jeremy and pastor you'll probably remember this uh that time we went to your gun range back at your old shop uh it was you were there working and then jackie and i were coming and nathan and hannah were supposed to be coming and then pastor and mache were possibly coming well then uh jackie just knew that it was you, me, Nathan, and Hannah, as she didn't know Pastor was coming. And so she had wore pants. And then when she figured out, we had just left the house. Uh, and I think you texted me saying, hey, by the way, Miss Shea's not going to be able to make it, but Pastor's still coming. Then Jackie got super worried uh, because she was like, I'm in pants and Pastor's coming and he's about to see me in pants. And that's kind of that bondage that you're talking about, just a worried about what someone's going to think of them just because of what they're wearing. Mm. And, and yeah. that's and, that's and, where and that bondage can come in. what's crazy about that, that's the Galatian argument, you know, so some people want it that way. They want people to be intimidated and fearful when they're in their presence. They want people to feel, to, you know, as if you're having to condescend, you know, to be in my, or I'm having to condescend for you to be in my presence in a pair of pants. And they want it that way, which is a real elitist, you know, kind of a smart, smart mouth, condescending, um, that, that's exactly what Paul's talking about here. Mm-hmm. You know, like who da- how dare you take a, a creature whom Christ has died for and raised from their their spiritual deathbed and has given them new life in Christ, and then you uh, you want to be their Lord? Are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, how dare you? You want to be their master? You're irresponsibly handling Scripture. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no question there. Yeah. And li- when you accept li- liberty comes with a lot of responsibility. Sure it does. And, uh, well, we I, just talked about being a stumbling block in our church. You know, you can, yep. if you overexercise your liberty, you become a stumbling block. You're going to give an account for that at the judgment seat of Christ. Mm-hmm. But now we said, and we've said this before, but the Holy Spirit will tell you what to do. He'll tell you wrong or what's wrong or what's right. But even Paul says, right, when we just talked about the offense of the cross, the cross and Jesus Christ is so offensive already that we don't need somebody else to tell us 
right. what's right and wrong. Because, because the, the cross says you're a sinner. Yeah. The cross says you're lost. You need to be saved. And the sinner says, from what? What do I need to be saved from? I've never done anything, you know, to you or to Christ or anything. And and then the offense comes. Well, you're lost because you were born from the parents you were born from. Yeah. And they were born from the parents they were born from. And you have to be born again. That's the offense of the cross. Yep. You know? right. It's the no matter what you do, you're still going to fall short. Right. Mm-hmm. Can't keep right. putting God into a small box and letting us do our own thing. Exactly. I think one of the greatest crimes that man commits is trying to put God into our box of reasoning. So of I course. think it's very dangerous to do that. Very dangerous. Yeah. But this stuff angered Paul. I mean, you got to understand, you know, when these other guys from, you know, from other schools of thought, they say, well, it just upsets us, you know, that you're experiencing this liberty. That is not supposed to be more upsetting than when we get upset for people putting you in bondage. Mm. I mean, this really incensed the Apostle Paul. And that's why (laughs) that's why you get verse 12. You know, I would they were cut off which trouble you. So the context here is circumcision and circumcision is is a cutting away of the flesh, uh, you know, without getting overtly graphic here. You know, we've been looking at the demographics of people who listen to this podcast and we don't want to get overly graphic here, but male circumcision is, is the, uh, is the cutting away of that foreskin and the disposal of that foreskin. And he says here in this passage, he wished they had been cut away, that they had been literally what he means here in verse number 12, the way he wants it understood, I would that you had been circumcised. Hmm. And he's not talking about the physical act of circumcision. He's talking about the cutting off and the disposal of these people who are smothering the liberty of Christ and these people who are suffocating the saints of God who are supposed to have liberty in Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's that's quite That's pretty hot-headed. That's pretty strong. Yeah. And he has to constantly remind them of this every single time throughout. That's what it is. This whole book is a constant reminders where you're not called out of law or you're not this, you're not this. Even look, verse 13, he says, for brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Right. So you've already been called separate, but yet I have to continuously tell you and over and over. I feel like it just fits in with what we just said. So since Jeremy mentioned it, I just want to read a little bit more of it. He says there, he says, only not or use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Right. So to make sure people understand where we stand, I believe that an overuse of standards can be dangerous, but I also believe that an overuse of liberty. Yeah, of course it can be. Enjoy the flesh side of it is also. Absolutely. Absolutely. But here's, here's the way I have recently been trained and after reading seasoned and well uh, versed men of God who have commented on these passages and some others, if there isn't a risky push, then it's not really liberty. Yeah. Right? Because, okay, we're all firearms enthusiasts here. Right. We believe the Constitution of the United States, the Second Amendment, gives us liberty to own these firearms. Mm -hmm. All right? There's going to be wackadoos. That's the cost of liberty, right? There's going to be people who get one that probably should not have one, and they're going to do something with it that they should not have done. Uh, recently, the shooting in Atlanta, the shooting in Bal- in uh, excuse me, in Bal- uh, Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, l- that's the price of liberty. There's yeah. going to be people who are going to overextend their liberty, but that is the cost of liberty, and it's the same way in the body of Christ. These are the very verses of Scripture that inspired our forefathers writing the American Constitution to have things in there that grant citizen liberty and give um, freedoms, God-given freedoms to, to people. And so will people abuse it? Yes, they will. And in this church, in this very church, 
we have people that overextend their liberty and they abuse their liberty. But here's the problem. That doesn't mean we have to take liberty away from everybody mm-hmm. because one or two people are overextending themselves. Yeah, It's the same way. We don't take everybody's guns because there's a couple of wackadoos out in the citizenship. Uh, we, we have, you know, sensible protections in place, background checks, all those types of things, that's fine. And in the church, there should be that same thing. When somebody acts out, we have church discipline Mm -hmm. to wrangle that member in. And church discipline is the exception, not the rule. Uh, So liberty means there's going to be liberalism. And there's a difference between the two. You know, that's what he's addressing in verse 13. Use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but love and serve one another. And that's that stumbling block issue? That's the stumbling block issue. When you use it as a, uh, you know, if you over, uh, for example, in the the situation of uh, eating in a restaurant that serves alcohol. Mm. Okay. The three of us, we had lunch together today, prepared for the podcast. We went to PDQ. Nice little restaurant, nice little restaurant, good little place. No alcohol, to the best of my knowledge. Okay. If we had gone to Olive Garden, they would have offered us a free taste of their wine. If we had gone to, uh, you know, the uh, the wing place down here, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, that had brought out the drinks menu, you know, what do you do? You just don't overextend yourself. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you take away your liberty to go to places like that because I have a strong enough conscience that I can go there and not partake of the things that are forbidden. Mm-hmm. And how can you be a witness to somebody if you don't go to certain places I like agree. this? Like, I'm not going to walk. They're not. Into, yeah. I'm That's not gonna, the problem. I'm they not say don't go, into, so they're not witnessing to those people. Right. I'm not going to walk into a bar because I know for me that that's wrong, but I'm not going to stop going to Olive Garden just because they serve alcohol right. and lose my chance of being a witness. So, my, uh, so Anna, her family, um, they like to play cards together and they do gamble their change and some of them do drink and I'm not going to stop going there just because they do that right. I'm I'm going there to be a witness to right. be different to but stand out but you don't have out, to participate in that I don't have to participate in that exactly and uh, it's and like if, you know today we're surrounded with women does that mean we have to sleep with every one of them no, right. no. So here's that's that's the issue. If you there's a difference between separation and isolation, mm. and separation is biblical. Isolation is oh no, I'm not eating at Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm not eating at Applebee's. I'm not eating at Olive Garden. I definitely won't be caught in those places. And so uh, it is as if we are punishing those businesses. Yeah. And here's what Paul said. You know, he said, "Look, you are worse for the body of Christ." than the infidels. It's like Jesus said this morning, you know, we were talking about it in church about the, he told the chief priests and the elders in the temple, he said, the publicans and harlots shall enter into the kingdom before you. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, they, all their standards had made them as empty as a drum yeah. and just as loud. I think if God want, didn't want us to go to these places, then he wouldn't have left us here once he saved us. Right. What would, what yeah. would we be doing here? I mean, how many times have we talked about Daniel in Babylon? Yeah. He stayed yeah. there. All these people went back. And guess Ezra. what? Nebuch- I believe Nebuchadnezzar got saved. Yeah. And the, here's Darius. Here's all of these infidel, pagan, I mean, the eunuchs mm-hmm. and the uh, the chamberlains of the of the uh, of the of the territories and so on and so forth. Daniel is reaching out to these people. Yeah. You got Nehemiah, you know, who is the king's cupbearer. Yep. If you know, you have to put yourself in certain compromised positions so yeah. that you can earn a living. Second, so that you can be a witness, or maybe we should reverse those two in no particular order. You want to be a witness. You want to earn a living. You want to rub shoulders with lost people. Mm-hmm. Why? Because hopefully you'll rub off on them. Yeah, and that make I guess that's that goes it. 
That's the answer. That I, remember a couple weeks ago, I asked you, why did Daniel stay? Because in, in Ezra, they list each people that left. And Daniel was still alive in that time period, but it doesn't say that Daniel left. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But that make now there it is. Yeah. So he can, because that's where God had put him, and that's where he was continuing to work. Yeah, it's such as, it's uh, for such a time as this type thing. You yeah. know, uh, God has put us here for such a time as this. Hmm. Yeah, you know, a comment was made about a. You know, I heard a preacher uh, talking about one of his grandchildren one day, and uh, little kids roaming around the church, and and uh, you know, seeing all the visitors and this and that, and so on and so forth, and just having a great time. You know, in his own little world, he's about four or five years old, uh, maybe younger. And one of the church members comes up to the pastor and says, "Man, it's just such a terrible thing that he's going to be have, he's going to have to be raised in this terrible world, in this horrible environment. I feel so bad that he has to be raised in this world." And that pastor looked at this church member and said, "Look." God let that kid be born for such a time as this. And that's Esther, that's Daniel, that's Paul, that's the apostles, that's the prophets, that's Joel, that's yeah. Nehemiah. The list goes on and on and on. They were all in adverse environments and they did not isolate themselves from the people around them so that they could be, quote unquote, uncontaminated by their sin. Yeah. And you were talking about somebody who had a rough time. Esther, read that book. I know. I mean, she, I mean, she went through it all. Just I mean, an just outstanding a, story. Uh, I can't can't, it's just, man, read yeah. the book of Esther. <laughs> so Paul comes crashing down on him, man. He says, I would that you were cut off, uh, circumcised from the body and disposed of so that uh, there would not be all of this um, meticulous scrutiny going on all the time, you know, and we, we're getting it guys. You guys know this and we don't talk about it on our podcast a lot, but we've got, you know, I mean, just at least speaking for myself, I mean, there's people, there's haters out there, you know, that are jealous. I think it's jealousy and, uh, and they're coming down pretty hard and fast on me, you know, trying to say, well, uh, I you just know, that love I've, how I'm they're not defector. That's yeah. the new term. Defect. He's a defector. defector. That's the one I love is defector from what? And this is I'm what still I've naming never... the name of Christ. I'm still preaching the Bible. I still believe they're, everything I've always think, believed. They're pretty much calling you an apostate. No. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> what I find funny Almost. about the situation from what I've noticed is 90% of the time they don't even talk about you specifically. They talk about your wife and your kids and stuff like that. It's cowardly, like, isn't it? Well, they're, what they're doing is they're trying to get you uh, a breaking point, you know, and... Well, if people know Pastor, they know he's a family person. Right. They know they're the going to attack way. his things that mean the most. It's what we're talking about in Bible college, talking about uh, wolves and some of the things, you know, most of the stories you've told, I've always seen one connection. Before they attack you, they attack your family. Yeah. They shoot your dog. They go for the young. Yeah. They go for the, the vulnerable. Yep. They try to get, they try to get you to break and then and that's when they go for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just simply because that low hanging fruit. Yeah. And they know that if they can get him to get upset, then they'll be like, ha, ah, see, yeah. see, now look at him. Yeah. Like, what they would really like for me to do is go on a tirade. You know, they'd like for me to get up and spend six weeks behind our pulpit here. You know, this person said this and this person, look, man, don't hold your breath. I've got a whole lot more Bible right. to preach. I yeah. don't have time for all this. That's petty. why we believe in expository is, preaching. Dr. Stennett Blue used to say, when you're slinging mud, you're losing ground. The thing is, that's though, exactly the way I feel. If they would read the book of Galatians, they would realize they have the same liberty that we do. I'm glad Zach corrected me a couple podcasts back. I said this this liberty we have found, but we have we didn't find it. 
it's always been here. It, and, and they would understand this book, this the liberty they have. Maybe they'd stop picking on you so much. Well, that's part of the problem too, Jeremy, is they read the book of Galatians as a devotional book, but not as a doctrinal book. Mm. I can't tell you. I might could count on one hand how many actual expository sermons I've heard from the book of Galatians in 36 years of being saved. 36 years. And these guys won't touch it. You know why? Because it's right in their grill, yeah. right on their back porch. And they're, they don't want to touch Galatians. They just don't want it. But it's setting us free. And I'm going to stand for that liberty in Christ Jesus. You know, what's that phrase here again? Let me look at that. He talks about, um, uh, yeah, verse 13. You have been called unto liberty. This is your calling. Yeah. This is your this is your profession. You know, you're not, you're not some bound up, constipated legalist, man. You're supposed to have liberty in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to live like you're free. Exactly. You know, it kind of reminds me to, to, I deal with young people a lot. And one thing I've realized about young people is if I get onto a young person and I take away something from them, like PE or free time or something like that, then they instantly start looking at all the other kids and try to point out what they're doing to take away their free time. And to me, sometimes it seems like that. They feel like they've had stuff taken away from them. So they're just pointing at everybody so childish. else and just trying so to take childish. stuff away from everybody well, else. Well, if I can't, if I can't do it, why does he get to do it? If I can't wear that, why does she get to wear that? Like, it's so childish. Why worry about other people at the end of the day? Yeah, and it's, my thing. it's Paul's argument. You know, if we compare ourselves among ourselves, we are unwise. Mm. You know, but that, that's their whole. Yeah, I had a guy tell me this one time. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you guys, but I had a fellow tell me this one time. Uh, he was preaching a meeting uh, for me, and I actually asked him, I said, What are you preaching on tonight, brother? You know, just, just making small talk, just out of curiosity. What are you preaching on tonight? And his, his, immediate response was i don't know i have to wait and see who shows up what <laughs> yeah so no no you know preliminary preparation necessary let's just wait and see who shows up and this same guy i had to stop letting him preach i finally had to just stop using him you know, i mean i loved him to death but uh you know people would show up that i had been working with and laboring over them and trying to win them to the lord and trying to trying to see them grow and then he'd come in there and see something wrong mm. and just rip them to shreds i had to stop using him yeah didn't didn't read his didn't use a bible yeah. or read anything what are you preaching on tonight brother i don't know what we'll wait and see what yeah. who shows up that's those preachers yeah. reads that's that, insane reads one verse and then closes it and goes on a rant the whole yeah. time yeah see yeah. and John i want to make sure we're clear okay crazy. Um, I, I'm sure there's people that listen to this podcast. I have friends in my life that are very conservative, uh, even some influential men in my life that are very conservative. And we're not talking about people that are conservative. I want to make sure that's clear. Yeah. Pastor is very conservative. He talks about he'll never wear shorts, and he always makes the joke that it'll look like two toothpicks sticking out of a potato. Absolutely, man. You don't need to see me in shorts. So <laughs> Pastor, I would say, is on the very conservative side of things, but I want people to understand we're not hating on people that are conservative or conservatism. No. Uh, we're hating on people that are conservative but want to look at other people and judge them for not being as conservative as what, they are. What I, what I am disgusted with is the person who self-justifies and never self-diagnoses. Right. They self-justify because I don't wear this and I don't go this place and I don't drink this beverage or I don't, you know, this or that and so on and so forth. They, they self-justify with what they don't do. Mm. 
Right. And my question, that's why, you know, our church doesn't identify as an independent fundamental Baptist church anymore. We identify as a New Testament Baptist church. And I had people suggesting, you know, why don't, why don't you call yourself an unaffiliated Baptist? And so my response to that was, just think about that name. Yeah, we're still that says Baptist. what you're not. I'm unaffiliated. I don't affiliate. So I don't want to talk about things that I don't do. I want to put a name out there, a New Testament Baptist church. That tells us what we are, what we are instead which, of what we are not. Which is what we're biblically called to be. Yeah. New Testament Christians. Absolutely. I just want to make sure we're clear on that. Just just so if you are, if there's someone out there that is more conservative, we uh, I appreciate people that are very conservative. Um, and I have friends that are a little more liberal and I'm okay with them being liberal as long as it doesn't exceed uh, the limits of scripture. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah. we, so even some of our listeners, I mean, look at some of these, these cities that they're li- are living in Orlando. I mean, we've got our highest listeners, these, you guys in Orlando, you, man, you guys are talking about a liberal city. Oh my goodness. I mean, so, I mean, uh, not just politically liberal, but even you know, doctrinally liberal. Yeah. And we love city you guys. We're glad you're listening. So. Absolutely, man. And you know what? Orlando is like the one of the, the mecca, meccas in Florida for, you know, a concentration of homosexuality. Yeah. St. Petersburg, Orlando, places like that. Uh, wow. You know, so. for us to be big in that city is pretty uh, pretty telling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You so. know what? We're just going to keep going. Yeah. For yeah, those that, the truth. We don't want to let the, the naysayers in Podunk Central try to tell us, you know, well, you're liberal because, you, look, man, we're reaching homeless people every week. Yes. You know, what are they doing? Churning butter? What are they doing, man? On your church website, taking your sermons. Mm. Taking, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which and, we, is and you got, I mean, Zach, every week, you know, has to deal with, talk to kids all the time and yeah. stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah. it's. We're, we're constantly just our, ch- our, ta- ch- our church's Christian school ministry is reaching more people than some of these other guys' churches combined. Mm. I'm telling you, nothing makes I'm like I was I was up here Tuesday and there was just some there was it just hit me and it was it was there's nothing like seeing uh, a grown Christian who is devoted to the ministry go out and actually play games with his kids. Yeah, while he's doing it's that. a blessing. Yeah, it, it was a blessing to see that. It's a blessing it because you're you know you're that's the way the influence is really really had mm. is when you're you know you're rubbing shoulders with them and you know, when we used to have youth camp you know we haven't been able to have it in several years but when we used to have youth camp I always tried to book preachers that were going to come and be active with the young people. You know, not stay up in a motel room with their books and their sermons in some musty, dusty environment and then come out, quote unquote, with a touch of God on them and go preach. But somebody who was going to be a preach during the day, preach at night and swing a baseball bat during the day. They didn't have to do that every day. But I love those preachers the most because, you know, they see that a preacher is not just a suit and a tie. He's jeans and a T-shirt, too. Yeah, he's like them. Yeah. And that's ultimately, I mean, that's where that verse ends. It says, but by love, serve one another. That's the motivation for everything. It's a great verse. It's very uh, vivid. And truthfully, um, I'm kind of the persuasion that Paul was that people that are like this and critical, overly critical. There's a couple of preachers that I've seen online that are super critical of people. As far as I'm concerned, they can just be cut off. Yeah. doesn't really bother me. Yeah. Um, and if you are one that's being attacked, let me just say that it's not uncommon. It happens to people just bear under the load and push through and don't understand that Christ has given you liberty that man yeah. can't take away. So, And I would add one thing, you know, don't be 
anxious to respond to your critics. Man, just let them say what they want to say. Mm-hmm. Dr. Seitler taught at Tabernacle in Greenville. He, he taught this. He said, don't waste one sheet of letterhead and one stamp answering your critics. Just yeah. let them run their mouth. Yeah, let it let it roll off your back. And I understand talking about the temperaments. We may have some sane ones out here that are listening. Just yeah. let it go. I understand that they're critical because they're miserable. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. But I enjoy it. Galatians. We're getting towards the end. Uh, I'm already looking ahead at the next couple of weeks we have. We got some good verses coming up, guys. Really so good. I'm excited. But I want to remind you listeners that you can always catch our podcast on the popular podcast sites. We have iTunes, Google Podcasts. We have uh, Spotify. I believe we're on there, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you can also find us on YouTube. If you do listen to us on YouTube, please uh, like, and, like subscribe. and subscribe. It helps please. with the algorithm. Also, with that, if you have have any young people that you know of myself and pastor bailey's son dawson have actually started a teen podcast called teen speak so we'd love for you to listen to that uh, but thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of cherishing scripture podcast a podcast where we're changing society by cherishing scripture